There is absolutely power in leaning into the season that we're in. And the power may not come across outwardly. It may not be the most obvious display of power. But when we learn how to honor our season, we grow our inner strength and our inner power in incredible ways. So let's dive into what it means to honor your season and what it looked like for me when I had to honor a season without much choice. Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast, where the potential in me honors the potential in you. If you're wondering if you can really change and truly find and live your purpose, then I invite you to let me be your accountability partner and for you to be mine. And together, we can explore with curiosity and humor what it is to create beautifully in every area of our lives and to take action to make that happen. Let's talk about honoring your season and what that means, how that can look, and how 2022 absolutely taught me (laughs) the lesson of honoring your season, the lesson being that we need to honor our seasons and that sometimes uh, the universe, God, kind of forces us into honoring a season. And when we become forced into that, part of the honoring becomes accepting it and letting go of what our personal plans were for the time being. And we are all being asked very different things in different seasons of our lives. So you might be being asked to slow down. You might be being asked to show up for yourself or to show up for others more or perhaps to put the pedal to the metal a little bit more. And when we when we can embrace what is being asked of us and when we can say yes, I accept this in a way of surrender, in a way of trust that there is a bigger plan going on that we could possibly comprehend or understand when we can say I embrace this without needing to know why, what the purpose is, without fighting against it, that's when we really start to live into the flow of our divine purpose and why we're here. (laughs) And it can be really interesting because honoring our season, accepting what is being asked of us can absolutely look like the opposite of what we think it's supposed to look like. So we might think like, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm pursuing my purpose and my passion and I'm I'm really bringing to life all the things that I'm supposed to bring, then obviously the universe is going to be handing me all the things to do that. If I'm so in alignment, then doors are going to open and money will flow in and and I will heal my traumas and everything will be amazing. And a lot of times <laughs> what it looks like is the universe. And I, y- y'all just do whatever you need to do when I say universe, substitute it with whatever you'd like. Um, uh, but a lot of times the universe will be like, actually, um, what I'm about to hand you is a little bit, it's going to look like I'm fucking with you. It's going to look like I'm ruining all of your plans and uh, just roll with it, okay? 
and we're like, I can't roll with it. Why would you ask me to roll with this? This is not in my plan. And that's what we do. We say, this is not in my plan. We rail against it and we're like, no, you're wrong. God, you are wrong, right? We make God, we make the universe, we make the divine wrong because we don't like it, right? We make the universe wrong when we don't like what it is handing down to us. It's like the lunchroom. It's like the lunchroom in middle school. I don't know why I just thought of that. I actually rarely bought lunch in middle school. (laughs) I don't know why this is popping up. It's like a possible metaphor, but it's literally just like someone, you know, you're like, oh, is it calzone day? I fucking loved calzone day. Side note, y'all. We had a calzone day in first grade. It was the best fucking lunch I have. I'm 43 and I'm still thinking about this fucking calzone. (laughs) It was calzone day and it used to be every Fridays and it was every Friday for like four or six weeks or maybe it was every other Friday. Maybe it was like pizza, calzone, pizza, calzone. It was a short time and I remember when it stopped and I would just be like, where's the calzone? Where's the calzone? (laughs) And eventually – I had to embrace the fact that Calzone was never was never coming back. Let's see if we can pull this into uh, – let's see if we can make Calzone a metaphor at some point in this podcast episode. Uh, yes. Because I don't, I don't want the metaphor to be like, God takes away good things from you. But sometimes, y'all, sometimes God does. Sometimes we get things taken away from us that we felt were so juicy and oozy and good and full of cheesy awesomeness. And we're like, why did you take my fucking calzone? And God's like, just be patient. And we're like, no, tell me. And God's like, shut your mouth. And we're like, I want to know. And God's like, seriously, shut your mouth down or it's really going to get bad. (laughs) All right. That's enough of that. Let's roll in. Let's roll into honoring your season. Okay. So in inside of Create Beautifully, one of the tenants for me is to honor your season. And I didn't really understand what this meant until last year. Uh, and, and I think it started the year before where I started embracing winter and not and not fighting winter so much. You know, it gets dark and it's cold and, um, you know, we have to turn all the lights on at 4.30 and it feels like everyone should go to bed at 4.45 and you have hours left until you can put your kids to sleep. And it it gets dark and depressing. And it was really, um, it's about two years ago that I decided to embrace literally the season, the literal season of winter. And I read a book called uh, Wintering. Side note, you know what, y'all? I need to look that up so I can give you the name of the person who wrote it. Should you want to read it, I recommend it. I recommend reading it in winter unless you're, yeah, in winter. Whatever whatever side of the world you're on, I recommend reading it. The book is called uh, Wintering. It is by Catherine May. That is with a K. Wintering, the power of rest and retreat in difficult times. And so it really speaks to not only just winter, but anytime you're being asked to retreat, you're being asked to pull back from your big dreams. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow. 
it can be really hard when you know you're meant for bigger things. You've got big plans in a business or, you know, whatever your venture is and the universe throws you curveballs. It can be really hard uh, to embrace that. And I'm going to share what happened uh, last year and how I embraced it. And I, and I also want to make a note, and I'll probably talk about this again in a bit, but honoring our season, let's talk about this for a second, actually, before I start my, uh, start my story from last year. Honoring your season is really when we say, yes, I accept to our current mental, emotional, physical, and energetic capabilities at any given time. And a season could be a month. A season could be six months, nine months, a year. It could be several years. And we are asked different things in different seasons. And sometimes we are asked to go inward to ourselves, to search our hearts, our souls, our minds, to do internal internal clearing out, internal cleaning, internal scrubbing, internal connection, finding what's in there, finding all the the things that need to be weeded out or at least or at least what needs to be weeded out in order to in order to move into the next season with the skills that we need and we can be asked to do that in a number of ways there could be we could experience an illness we could experience just a season of great confusion not knowing where we're supposed to go just a complete lack of motivation and excitement now let's not get that confused with with just fear <laughs> um, but we can experience being asked something like that in a lot of different ways. And we can also be asked to connect more with our, our families, our loved ones, with friends, with our social communities. Um, and we can also experience a really amazing surgence of energy that asks us to go, to go outward, to create in the world what we feel our purpose is, to try, to experiment, to have adventures, you know, to get out, to move, to take action. Um, so honoring our season, although it can sound kind of like, yes, accept the bad times, which it absolutely is, it also means embrace the energy. And everyone's going to take this a little bit differently because there are people who naturally gravitate toward one or the other right? So there are people who are just natural doers. They have a lot of energy. They get things done. Um, you know, if you've listened to the Enneagram episode, we talked about some of those numbers. So maybe an eight or a seven, for example, or people that have um, access to those numbers or just, or just you know, energy in general are, are going to be more likely to go, go, go. And so when their season matches when their when their season energetically matches what they want to do how they feel good about themselves which is taking action getting things done it's beautiful because they're like this is my zone this is perfect i have energy i'm in alignment nothing's slowing me down you know they're swimming they're swimming downstream they're in a you know a rowboat they barely have to row like it's great um 
But when that season of all of that energy, when all of a sudden we feel like, wow, I have energy, I have space, I have time. Like, you know, if you have a family, maybe it's like, oh, my, my kids just started school or they're out of the house longer than I thought, or they're a little bit older and they don't need me around. Or, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe you've gone through a breakup or a divorce and you're kind of coming out of the grieving stage or, or you're coming out of the kind of, um, inwardness of it and you're starting to feel this energy. And if you're not naturally a person who kind of goes and seizes the day, if you will, right? I feel like we associate that with, with you know, all this doer energy. If you're not naturally a seize the dayer, it can kind of be, we can start to feel friction. It can start to be like, oh, uh, I have all this time, but I find myself wandering around in circles in my house or endlessly scrolling or, you know, maybe just like going for a long walk, which is nice. But in in the season I'm talking about, we're really being asked to take action, to really move forward in our lives. And if that's, if that's something that can scare you or if that's not a natural zone for you, when the season opens up for you to take action like that, it can feel hard. Now, in the opposite direction, if we talk about all those go, go, go people, and then there's then they hit a season that wants to slow them down, they can be like, fuck off. <laughs> fuck you. You know, like I'm not, I'm not slowing down. Like I know that you just broke my leg, broke my ankle, gave me a disease, my shoulder hurts, uh, everything's injured, my my family's home all the time, whatever it is right? COVID's probably a great example. Um, it's They just get like, no, no, I do not know how to slow down. If I slow down, I am no longer worth anything. You know, how do I do this? And, um, you know, on the opposite end, the people who just kind of like we were just talking about, the people who are kind of a little more, a, a little slower, a little more inward people, when they have the space to go outward, they can be like, well, I don't want to hustle. I don't want to get stuck hustling. I don't want that to be my life. I don't want that to be my life. And it's just like everyone just chill. Just take a deep fucking breath and just chill. Literally, the universe has given you space to become a more whole human being. It is giving space to those who rush all the time. It is allowing them to become more whole by slowing down and feeling into themselves, maybe being more present for themselves, for people in their lives, maybe asking them to become aware of of things that could eventually turn into disease, disease in their relationships, disease in their bodies. And it is asking people who are maybe more introverted and a little slower paced, it is saying, hey, here's the space for you to, to move in this world, to, to bring to life these gifts that you've been given and to follow this purpose, thus making us more whole, allowing us to bring online more of who we are in the higher self sense more of an ability to 
be with other people, to understand the human condition, to understand others, to understand ourselves, to show up more fully with our hearts and our minds in any situation. That's how we can use these, these seasons. And that's how we can really frame the seasons that we are, are trying to reject, that we're trying to push away. The ones we're saying, I don't accept this. I don't accept this. This is wrong. And I like to have the belief, at least, that the universe is not wrong. Even if it looks shitty and bad, I like to believe that the universe is not wrong. And I don't know if that's overly optimistic of me, but I, I can't have the view that God or the universe makes mistakes. So knowing that, knowing that, and as, as we continue to talk here, um, think about what season you're in now. Think about what is being demanded of you in this season where you're consciously stepping up to the plate or where you have to step up to the plate or where you're being given the time and space to dial it back or you're being forced to dial it back. Um, And what can you learn there? So, So last year... Um, basically (laughs) the end of 2021, I had a lot of business plans and I was really ready to do a lot of really good things. I felt that were very exciting and good. I was ready to start 2022 and jump into a, um, photography passion project that I've had literally for six years. Six years? Yeah. Just holding on to ideas for six fucking years. Um, I felt really ready to do that. So this was like November, December. I really started being like, all right, 2022, here we go. Like, I'm going to jump in the passion project. And I think I've talked about this next piece before, but I was going to do a podcast. And part of the podcast was going to document what it was like to bring a passion project to life. And I that felt really aligned. I was like, oh, it'll it can kind of be my um, it can kind of be my accountability partner, which this podcast is still my accountability partner, but now m- more for, for consistency in some ways. Um, and I had lots of grand plans and I reopened, um, a mastermind of sorts. So I had a, I had a group, a type of a mastermind it was the Create Beautifully Inner Work Collective, in her, I-N-H-E-R, in her work collective. And it was um, it was aimed for heart-centered entrepreneurs, and we were going to be spending twice a month that would be working our inner work and our outer work, which is one of the things that, that really defines Create Beautifully. How do we go inside and go outside? Also, these seasons that we're talking about, right? These in these inner seasons and these outer seasons. And uh, I was, I had, I had tried to bring it to life a year before. I did a, um, I did a kind of like two week trial of it, um, and then let it go. And it seemed to make sense to bring it back 
end of 2021. Um, so I was really excited. I was excited to do that. I was excited for my passion project. I was excited for everything. Okay. So mid-January, um, my youngest left competition dance, January 31st, um, or January, let's see, January 28th, I think, was her last day of public school. And January 31st, I started to homeschool. And none of that was part of the plan. <laughs> none of that was part of my plan. And definitely through uh, not just a wrench, but an entire toolbox in everything that I thought I was going to do that year. So um, my daughter is uh, almost 10. So last year she's almost nine and then nine. And she's actually told me that she wants to come on here and talk about it. So we'll see. That is never something that I would force on my children. But if she wanted to talk, I would I would let her share some things that felt safe to share. Um, so she is incredibly creative and funnier than most adults I know. And I I say that genuinely. I don't just like, oh, my kid's funny. No, she's fucking hilarious. And the shit that comes out of her mouth is like, uh, like on par with a lot of adults. <laughs> Sometimes not for like the best, but it's always pretty witty. Um, she's a competition dancer, just like my older daughter. And when she's on stage, it is her world. It is her zone. It is amazing to watch um, because there are other, other areas of her life where um, she gets really overwhelmed and anxious. Um, a little bit of background. She hated school. She's hated school her whole life. She hated school. Uh, this, by the way, is the same daughter who I talked about in the episode um, about my daughter almost dying. So this is her. <laughs> She's on this planet to disrupt some shit, y'all. That is for sure. If you're a human design person, she is a manifester. Um, so she's hated school most of her life. And she would, even in preschool, beg for me to pick her up early. Please pick me up. Please, I hate it. Please, this. Please, can you pick me up after lunch? Can you pick me up after The only grade she liked was kindergarten because I think she genuinely loved her kindergarten teacher. I think if that lady was like, I will – adopt you as like my – she was younger than my mom but older than me. So like somewhere between mom and grandma. If she was like, I will be your mid-mom, mom-grandma, 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 uh, my daughter would be like, absolutely, where do I sign? Um, so aside from kindergarten, she hated everything. And earlier in uh, 2021, she joined a dance studio uh, which was awesome. She So she switched dance studios and she wanted to go to one that was a little more intense in terms of teaching and competition. So we found one close to my daughter's school and she started going there and was immediately pegged as having a lot of talent, which is awesome. And she uh, auditioned for their competition team earlier in 2021 and she made it and 
She also got put in their small group. For those of you in dance dance world, you know what I'm talking about. Um, small group is when they just take like six or seven kids to also do a small dance. And she was put in that. And she was front and center in a couple of her dances. I mean, stuff that we hadn't even realized that she was at this level. And then when we finally saw some of her dances, we were like, oh my God, oh my God, like you're you're really good and you're in the front. And it was awesome. And the school, the school is more demanding than her other school. And there were a lot of things that I really liked about this school. Um, they were always very, very kind to her, very understanding. Um, when she would get anxious or overwhelmed about things, uh, they had some, they had another kid, um, related to the owner actually, who, who was similar. So they were really kind. I really liked the environment there. Um, it was just, it was just more demanding. They did a lot. They did a lot of meetings out, a lot of things outside of dance, which is awesome because it really fostered some community, but it was a lot. It was a lot. And we'd never done a competition season before. My oldest had not done competition before. And we, like when you say dove into the deep end, that's a hundred percent what we did. And and the competitions were gonna be like getting on airplanes and traveling. And the school they're in now, which is where they've they've been since they were little, um, all the competitions are local, which which makes it really nice and works really well for our family. But so we dove into this head first, head fucking first. <laughs> and like I said, it they were really kind, really sweet, all about community, all about the kids, um, but demanded a lot. They wanted a lot and they were in, encouraging and loved her. Um, and as the season went on, so the competition season officially started in uh, August. They were learning their dances, I think, in July. And then, I guess not competition season, but like regular practices started in August. So August, September, she was going three nights a week. And by October, about two months in, she really started to have huge, huge breakdowns and meltdowns after school before she had to go to dance. Um, and I'm talking like screaming, uh, on the floor, like refusing to get dressed, refusing to get up. And I'm sure there are some people that are like, why did you keep her in dance? So y'all, when I would pick her up from dance, she had the biggest smile on her face and she asked to not leave. Literally every time I picked her up, she'd be like, can I stay? Oh my God, mom, watch this trick I learned. Watch this thing I can do. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Le loved it. Loved it when she got there. Really bad at transitions. She's not great at transitions. And it just started to become more and more and more. And I started to, um, I forget who said it to me, but someone said, have you looked into maybe sensory processing, like sensory processing disorder. Do you think it's sensory overload? And I started to look into sensory stuff. And I was like, you know, this matches a lot. When she was younger, she couldn't have socks with like the seam in them. I'm sure there are some of you listening who who uh, probably know this world really, really well and probably uh, experiences even more intensely than we did. But 
she couldn't have socks with the, and my heart goes out to you, believe me, um, you know, couldn't wear socks with the seams in them, would immediately throw them off. If she put pants on and like the crotch was sewn funny, like immediately took them off. Like we couldn't even get it where like, hey, just walk around for a minute, see if we can adjust it. There was no, it was none of that. It was just immediately throwing them off. Um, so it was one thing where I was like, you know, that maybe that was an early sensory thing. And whenever we would, um, we go on vacation a lot with my folks. Like it's kind of just the six of us. And, um, if we ever went somewhere that was like busier, she'd be the first one to want to go back to the house or the hotel. So my mom would always go with her. It was like, it was like she was tapping out before the rest of us and she really needed downtime. She really needed her blankets and just quiet time on the couch, snuggling with someone, maybe watching a little bit of TV, but she tapped out a lot earlier than all of us, a lot earlier than her sister, and a lot earlier than the majority of kids her age. And so I started talking to the counselor at her school. And I had over the, over the years, we'd kind of asked her teachers, like, hey, can you look at her? Like she would she'd complain about school, going to school a lot. She didn't want to get on the bus. She didn't want to go to school. She hated school. So we'd ask the teachers, is school bad? Are you, you know, are you seeing something? Do you notice anything? And literally all of them would be like, no, no. Like there were several teachers that were like, actually, everyone looks to her at playtime and they want to know what she's going to do and they want to hang out with her and she has a ton of friends. And literally when my husband and I heard that, our jaws hit the floor because according to our kid, before she would get on a bus, it was like she was going there to be like water tortured all day long. It was like, and then they'd be like, she laughs all day. She seems like a happy kid. And I'm like, what? Like, what is happening? And they, you know, they look for signs. They're like, we don't see any signs. And so I started to talk to the counselor and she started going to the counselor, which would help her get through the day. And she, and she would say things to me. She would say, um, she would say things like, I just want to be home and snuggle my mom and feel my stuffy, which is her blankets, feel my stuffy and jump on the trampoline. And under the lens of of sensory, I started realizing all those are sensory things. She wants to snuggle, which is sensory, feel her blankets, which is sensory, and jump on the trampoline, which is, um, I think, like a sense uh, proprioception, kind of where you are in space, I think. Oh my God. Someone sent me an Instagram message if I'm wrong. Um, but that feeling of like of gravity like pulling you down when you're like jump down and then up and that that's actually can be really calming for kids with sensory processing disorder. Um, and those were the things she said she really, really wanted to do. And she also would tell me that she'd say she would come home and she'd say, I went in the I went in the uh, bathroom today and I cried or I got really sad and I and I went in the bathroom and I was, I was really sad or I went in there and I just needed some time in there. And so I would, I, finally I decided, you know, I, I started asking, when are you going? And it was always the same time every day. It was always around lunch. So when I was talking to her counselor, I was like, you know, if it is, if it is sensory, it would make sense. And I think it was her counselor that said this. She said it would make sense that it's the same time. She said she's seen this in other kids because they tap out after a certain amount of time. If it was all over the board, it, it could be different things, but literally it's like, okay, I can handle four hours of school and then I get really overwhelmed. 
I can handle four hours of public school with all the kids around me and all the noise and teachers calling on me and going to the lunchroom and playing outside, and then I'm done. And then I need my stuffy or my mom or a trampoline. And that was really interesting. That was really interesting to look at. Um, and so we started, we started discussing like, what can we do? And, um, so, so this was probably, we're probably talking about this now in like December and early January. And, you know, she was like, well, you know, you can do like a psychological evaluation here. You can go get a sensory, you know, you can go find an occupational therapist because they deal with a lot of sensory stuff. And so, um, I'd looked, I, I emailed like a therapist, like a kid therapist I knew. And, you know, I, I started to try to find someone so we could get some, some testing done. And it was around, um, January where it was getting worse and worse and worse about her going to dance. And it was finally mid January. She was supposed to go to Dallas the following week for a competition and for those of you in the competition world or, you know, just understanding dance in general, it's really hard to just pull a kid out of dance um, and still do competition because that your dance is made up of a certain amount of people and you pull one person out and it's like, it's like pulling, you know, it's like pulling the wrong thing out of like a Jenga tower. Like it's just going to go. Um, and... She wouldn't get in the car. She was refusing to get into the car. It was like, it was the week before. So there was a lot of extra rehearsals and I was texting with the owner and, um, she was like, you know, just get her here. Like, I'll talk to her. I'll talk. And I was like, she's not going to get in the car. And I'm not the kind of mom that's going to throw my kid in the car. I'm not going to pick her up while she's freaking the fuck out and put her in a car and drive her to dance. Um, especially after it's been several months here of her, um, of her just really freaking out. And I was like, I don't know, you know, if she's freaking out now, like, what are we, what's she going to do in Dallas? And I was worried about, I was worried about Dallas. I was worried about the schedule there and, and flying. And she also, you know, she just taps out so fast. Um, and so it was actually basically the, um, the studio head that, that called it. And from that day forward, <laughs> she was no longer in that school. And uh, the teacher, uh, the the head of the school, I'm sure, like this is like a, just a sidebar, but I mean, just had to be incredibly, incredibly stressed by that and still handled it with an amazing amount of grace and kindness despite the fact that she probably had to re redo fix six dances in a week. And my daughter just being able to not have to go to dance anymore started to open things up a little bit, but it was really only about 10 days later after screaming and screaming and screaming about school. I finally, she was in the tub one night and I just said, um, all right, you've been asking for homeschool forever. Let's do it. And she was like, what? I was like, I'm going to look into it. And I told my husband, I was like, look, I can homeschool from February to May. 
Like I can do that. Like I like I'm not really a homeschool person. I wouldn't want to do the whole year. Um, but we have three and a half months left. Like I can, I can handle that. I can handle three and a half months. And I will also take on like getting her tested for sensory processing, getting her tested for, um, seeing if there's anything else going on. And just the way that I operate is like, we're just going to throw all the things at it and we're going to try to help regulate her nervous system. We're going to, we're going to try to help her calm down. Um, we're going to try to, you know, really just uh, get our arms around this and get our arms around our our girl. You know, make her feel make her feel safer. Find a path that is going to work for who she is and how she, you know, how she operates at this point. Um, and so, by the end of January, she was out of dance and out of school, and we were on our own. <laughs> and it's interesting because, like I said, I had a lot of plans. And I mentioned before, I'm also a brand photographer that is uh, currently the bulk of my income is brand photography and family photography. And my inquiries completely dried up during this season. It was like the universe was like, you know what? You're not going to have time to help anyone else except for your daughter and yourself during this time. So we're just not going to have anything come in. And I'm really, really, you know, it's, we absolutely have the privilege where, um, my husband's income sustains us. So I was able to, to lean into this season, whether I wanted to or not. And I know that's not the same, uh, for everybody, but, I was going to do a big passion project. I was going to do um, my group. I was going to do all these things. And I kept the group for a little bit. And I finally told the group that I couldn't do it anymore. Um, oh, no. I never even got the group. No. I never got the group started. The group didn't start because of this. I started the group at the end of last year again. Okay. Random. Um yeah. And so there we were attempting to figure out how to homeschool and how to make it so she could learn and listen. And meanwhile, I, I became her, her advocate, her voice. Um, somewhere in all of this, a friend, a good friend of mine, uh, reached out because she was learning how to do these like biofield feedback sessions, which is, which is super duper cool. And she was like, I need to practice. Do you want me to practice on you? And if you guys don't know, uh, know this about me by now, uh, I basically say yes to all the possible healing things. So I was like, yes, absolutely. Don't know what it is. I'm in. Um, and so she did this whole thing and she was like, you know, your voice is really showing up as just being really strained and just kind of, you're like, throat chakra, if you guys are into chakras, just energy, energy around your voice is really drained. And, um, and that was when I realized I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I have to use my voice a lot for her because if we were somewhere where she was having a meltdown or she was being extra shy or coming across as kind of rude because she was tired or tapped out, um, you know, I had, you know, I was the one that was like, 
hey, this is what's going on. This is the deal. This is my daughter. I was also making appointments. Uh, I was talking to therapists to try to find a place to get her just an overall, um, just like an overall like psychological analysis to see if maybe she had um, ADHD. That's kind of what we we were looking at as well, along with the sensory thing. So trying to figure out how I could get her assessed uh, for sensory processing, for ADHD, seeing if anything else showed up. Um, and I was on I was on wait lists and I was talking to therapists and they have to, you know, they say what's going on. And then I would have to explain everything I just told you guys in 90 seconds. <laughs> um, and I also I'm also into like alternative stuff. So I booked her with my functional wellness doctor and we ran her DNA and I, we had her DNA run and, um, found some supplements that could help. We found out that like, for example, um, Turkey is not good for her tryptophan. She does not process tryptophan, which has to do with dopamine because her dopamine levels are kind of wonky, which, you know, I'm sure we all know by now dopamine makes us feel good. And so if your dopamine isn't working, you can get pretty cranky pretty fast. Um, so there were like dopamine pathways, that we had to work on. Um, and then our functional wellness doctor also started talking about he, how he was seeing someone in Nashville. He himself was seeing someone in Nashville who did, um, oh, it's like a brain therapy. There's another thing I have to Google real quick. Um, hold on. I'm literally doing this on my podcast and I'm not going to edit it out because I just want you guys to be like, it's okay if everything isn't perfect. Um, it is called uh, lens neurofeedback, lens therapy, L-E-N-S, lens therapy, lens neurofeedback. And it's just these little these little things you put on your head. I hesitate to say electrodes because it's not like an it's not like electric shock therapy. Like that's shit that they did like fucking decades ago that was not cool and and scary and left some people in a really bad way. Um, but this is called lens neurofeedback. And so we went in and she um so the first time we went in, they did like a scan of the is 21 centers of her brain and they showed us a map and and the map showed three things. It showed one, how awake or asleep each area was, how effective each area was, like how effectively it was operating, and then also how rigid or flexible the area is, which is very interesting, right? Like if you think of someone who's like, I have to say this and I'm not changing my mind, period, the end, fuck off. Um, and then someone who's like, yeah, uh, oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, we can change. We can change, right? So, so it's that in our brains, how, how rigid or flexible. Um, and she had a lot of rigidity. And the really interesting thing was she's doing it. She's reading the scan or whatever, you know, reading the, the, her brain feedback sheet. And she was like, you know, Hey, has your daughter ever had COVID? And I was like, yeah, she actually got COVID before all of us. And she was sick for like two weeks. Like she went down hard with COVID She's gone down worse than anyone in their family. She's gone down worse than most kids I know. And she was like, okay, because this is something – like what I'm seeing in her brain right now is something that we see in uh, head trauma patients and I'm seeing a lot with COVID patients. And she's like 18 of the 21 areas her, of her brain are essentially asleep and operating at this like 
sleepy level. And I was like, holy fuck, like this sounds really intense. And she's like, yeah, like we'll do, you know, I forget what it was. I think 12 sessions, 12 or 14, maybe 16 sessions, 12, between 12 and 16 sessions. Um, and she was like, so what happens here is we wake up the areas that are asleep and, you know, this can start to, the areas that are inflexible can start to make them more flexible. And then the ones that aren't, that are either under operating or over operating, right. That are on like high, high alert. We start to normalize those levels. Um, and I was like, this is very interesting. And she would go and she'd just play with fidgets, you know, while this wonderful lady named Sherry, um, would work, would do these little things in her brain. She couldn't feel anything. Sometimes she was tired afterward. Um, and I, I mean, we were we were putting a lot of things at this all at once, but I, I did start to notice her moods would even out a little bit. Uh, we also we also found her an occupational therapist. She was also with a regular therapist, but the regular therapist um, moved to online, and my daughter hated online. I think some of her may have felt like it was a uh, rejection. Um, which obviously it wasn't, but I think that it could have felt like that. Um, so we found an occupational therapist and then there would just be things where she was like, I, I just, I, I knew, I knew sensory wise that moving her body was important. So, um, she kept asking to do aerial silks and there literally was a place that does aerial silks like right down the street from our occupational therapist. So I signed her up for private lessons there and, um, she was able to flip upside down and do all of her twisting and do all these things that felt really good to her body. Um, now I, I, you know, the point of this is honoring your season, but I'm also, um, aware that everything that I'm mentioning costs money and that not everyone, you know, if, if this is a, if any of this is resonating with your season, um, because the point the point is not like, you know, the point is not, here's what I, here's, you know, what you can do to help your kid. Um, it's just sharing the intensity of this season and what it asked of me and the ways that I showed up for it. Um, but I do just want to say that I'm aware that there are people that could afford a lot more and there are a lot of people that, um, couldn't afford a lot of this stuff. So, I think we just do the best, you know, with what we have. And, um, I don't know. I just want to say that I'm, I'm aware of these things and, you know, we had health insurance and we had a, um, a little bit of help with some of the extra stuff with some family. So we were able to do a lot of things for her, which was really awesome. And I also want to note for all of you homeschooling moms, I bow down to you, like in the most reverent of ways, because homeschooling is fucking hard, especially when you have a kid that doesn't care. She wanted to homeschool her whole school career. It's all she ever wanted. And then we got to it and she was like, I refuse to homeschool. <laughs> and honestly, we did so little actual schooling. I'm going to be a hundred percent clear about that. We finally hit a point where I was like, I just need a tutor. Like I can't have her go back to school with what I've been doing because what I've been doing is trying to get her so that she can go to school, so that she can 
do competition dance, which is something that she excels at and loves. Like literally my girls, when they're bored, not even when they're bored, just for fun, like just they just love it. They just, they're just dancing all the time, making up dances, choreographing dances. And I was like, I want her to be able to do these things without tapping out, without breaking down, um, both for her and for me and for me and my husband, you know, for, for those in the family, I wanted to be able to, to just, you know, go and spend a day as a family without having her, um, tap out and get frustrated and melt down so early. So my main focus in this season was to help her. Um, mentally and emotionally, because that's, that has to come first as just humans in general, we can't do, we can't really do much of life without, without our health. Um, and so, uh, so we didn't do a lot of, uh, a lot of, we didn't do a great job homeschooling. We eventually got, a t- we just went to this little tutoring place, um, like twice a week. And they just kind of did math and reading. And I was like, that's what we need. Um, but the but the season itself, the honoring your season, n- n- I wouldn't have chosen any of this. I would have chosen, you know, these eight months. Let's see. Yeah. February, March, April, May, June, July, August is, uh, you know, when we started to get back on a bit of a schedule again. So seven months. I would have chosen them for my business. I would have chosen them uh, for myself. Let's be honest. I would have chosen them selfishly for me, for trying to do things in my business. And I didn't have that option. And there were a lot of times in my season that felt really overwhelming. It didn't feel at all like I was honoring any of it. It felt like I was absolutely saying to the universe, no, I do not accept right? Like we talked about, I was tired. My voice was tired. My throat was tired of talking. My emotions were tired. Um, it was, it was, uh, a lot. And I think there are definitely points where I could have honored it better. And by better, I mean, just made it a little bit easier in myself by giving myself a little more compassion, giving myself more rest telling those around me where I needed help so that I could rest. Um, It's not like people didn't help, but, but I wasn't clear probably in all the ways that I really could have used literally just more rest or more hugs (laughs) or more. It's going to be okay. You're doing a great job. And there were people who gave me those, those things. Um, or even just, or even just saying like, God, I trust you. God, I accept this. I accept this. And I feel like surrendering, um, I feel like a part of surrendering is saying, I accept this, whether we like it or want it or not. If we say, I accept this. And, um, it wasn't till like we were coming out of the season till I really understood honoring it, what it, what it could have meant to actually honor it. Now, I mean, I dropped business. It's actually more like my business dropped me. <laughs> my business dropped me for this, um, which was good. And it was really interesting um, because when the space opened up again, my business went crazy. 
which was really interesting. Um, so, so a, as we were kind of coming out of this season, and that's the other thing, I, seasons make us reflect on things. It makes us realize things. If we honor, if we, if we take the lesson from it and if we honor it, and I don't know, I don't know for sure if I took all the lessons I needed to or not, but I took, I took a few, that's for sure. Um, and one was it, one, it, it actually gave me the space to really think about what I want in my business, what I want going forward. Um, and I definitely made some changes and it also made me think about, uh, my daughter and my girls and, and it gave me the space to say, I can make a different choice. I mean, just by making the choice to pull her out of school, not knowing what our season was going to look like, never homeschooling before, not knowing any of that, but but saying this is what needs to happen for my kid. This is what I need to fucking do is take her out. It just let me know like I can make choices that that look unconventional because it's it's what matters and it's what what's best. And I think a lot of times we can get really stuck on what does society expect of me? And that can have us uh, not honoring our season for sure. And also not making choices that align with our highest good. Um, and so as we approached the fall, you know, it was kind of like, do we keep her out again? Do we put her back in school? Do we keep her out again? Do we put her back in school? And her occupational therapist was like, all right, let's we'll make it a goal to get her back in school. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did not see a world where she went back to five-day-a-week public school and competition dance where uh, we were going back to her old school. Um, we're going back to her old school where her sister was and where she'd been when she was younger. Um, I was like, I do not see a world in which she functions well doing that. Um, and – you know, I said, hey, I pulled her out of school in January and I made that that choice, that non-traditional choice for us. Why can't I look for a different option for school? And I started looking around and researching and I found this hybrid school um, that aligned with a lot of things for us. And we went and looked around and decided to sign her up. So in August, she started a brand new school, you know, that I have to, that I have to drive her to, you know, there's no more bus. Um, and it's two educational days a week. It's like hybrid of, um, homeschool and regular school. So it's two instructional days a week. All the teachers have PhDs or master's degrees in what they teach. It's uh, kindergarten through high school. And uh, Wednesdays, they get to go and do their homework in the mornings. They also have some extracurriculars on Wednesdays, and they have an emotional intelligence curriculum, which I thought was amazing. So on Thursdays, she does her EQ class, and yeah, and they they really make a lot of emotions okay, and there's a lot of space for her, if she, if she's, you know, having anxiety about going to school or having a hard day or some of her kind of, um, emotions are coming up, uh, it's a lot easier to give her the space for the, for us to work through them, to process them. 
um, without the pressure of public school being like, you know, you've missed these amount of days or you're late or you're tardy or, you know, now that you've missed a couple days, you're behind. You know, they, the curriculum is really tailored toward each kid and class sizes are, I think there's like 10 kids in our class. Um, and it really works. And at the same time, I also had to compromise because before all this, I had five days a week, uh, seven hours a day to work. And I'm going to be honest with you, due to my uh, lack of consistency, I didn't always use the time as efficiently as I could have. I definitely took for granted a lot of the time that I have because now I have about 14 hours a week um, to literally just to myself, like to work on my business and do whatever else might be necessary for me, for my family, for my home in those 14 hours. Um, but y'all, literally after this whole season, by October, November, December, I would pick her up from school. And she would tell me, I love school. I love school. She'd come home and she'd say, multiple times she said to me, that didn't even feel like school. That felt like a day of awesome. And that's huge. And it doesn't mean that every day is easy, but it does mean that I know that she's in a place that is safe and where the teachers love her and care for her and where she always gets in the car, even if she had a hard time going in. Because remember I said she has a hard time with transitions. Even if she has a hard time going in, I always pick her up and she's got a smile on her face. And that's kind of part of our season is like remembering that our season doesn't last forever. It's a season. And so if you're asked to be in slow down, to slow down and go inward, or if you're asked to show up, if you're being asked to show up and go outward and those things feel hard, they are for your greatest good or someone you love their greatest good. And we just have to trust that. Now, if you're being asked to go in and you like to go in, woohoo! <laughs> Unless you're being asked to go in in a way that you really weren't expecting. Um, yeah. And if you're asked to be going out and you like to go out, then woohoo. And don't forget to take care of your inner self. And if you're going inward, you know, don't forget to take care of any piece of you, um, that wants to go out. So it's, it's important we honor our seasons. And like I said, it doesn't have to be, you know, seven months or it can be any length of time, a season. Um, but when we really check in with ourselves, there's so many people who just fight against it. But I believe that it's all part of the plan. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying to, to succumb to a season, to let it, to let it wash, you know, to let, to let the waves crash over you and make you feel drowned. Um, although sometimes that can be how a hard season starts. Um, and I'm not saying also to let a season be an excuse, right? Is it, is it a real season 
or is it an excuse to not go inward or an excuse to not go outward? And it can be hard to know that. It can be hard to know that um, without some type of inner practice, spiritual practice, willingness to um, be honest with yourself and connect to your real intuition, hear things from, you know, get messages from God, whatever it is, you know, we don't want to use our seasons as excuses. And I say that being someone who's totally done that. So (laughs) I've definitely done stuff. I'm like, well, I'm being asked to slow down right now. And I think sometimes I am. And I think sometimes it's been like, it's been scary to go outward. So saying I'm being asked to slow down is is uh like well you can't question me because I'm saying that it's it's divine it's divinely planned right and we can we can use that as an excuse and sometimes it's true and sometimes it isn't and it's really just about honesty with ourselves so it so so she went back to school and again just to be like you know seasons ebb and flow and they change and you know, she started to really love school and me being a photographer and still doing family photography. One of my biggest seasons is fall because everyone wants to do family photos for the fall and it's like the best. And so in, uh, in September, I just started booking up like crazy. I mean, I think, I think between January and September, I had like four photo shoots and I normally start the year with like four photo shoots in like the very beginning of the year. Um, and it was almost like four, eight, it was almost like triple quadruple that in like September, October, November. And it's really interesting because I think when you honor your season, the universe meets you in, in all the seasons. Um, so just ask yourself, you know, as we wrap up this, podcast episode that I thought would be 20 minutes, but it's now a fucking hour. Um, and I need some water. <laughs> Ask yourself if there's a season you're in and how can you take advantage of it? Do you have more time than you normally do? And what can you do with that? You know, do you want to, do you want to focus on your health? Do you want to get in shape? Do you want to, uh, start running? Do you want to, eat better? Do you want to build a business? Do you want to, you know, what can you do if you have that time instead of just like, you know, sitting there and, and, and not using that season when you're being asked to use that season, you know, what might it be for you? Might it be like, like I said, it could be around your physical health. It could be around challenging yourself in a way that you've never challenged yourself before. Maybe in a way that you don't even believe you can do or the people around you don't even believe you can do it, but but you've got time. You've got time to do that. You know, is that what your season is is asking of you? Um or are you being asked, you know, are there a lot of demands on you right now? Kind of like I had, do you have to show up for other people? Do you have to show up for other people is the question not are you are you showing up for other people in an excuse to ignore your own needs is a different conversation right but um you know are you being asked to show up for someone else are things harder are you grieving um you know do you need to do you need to slow down and you know we didn't talk a lot about um the different ways 
the different levels with which we're able to honor our season because it really it depends a lot on our life situations, um, certain certain privileges, things that are in place or not in place that allow us to honor. Um, but whatever the season is, just honor it as best you can. Honor it as best you can. Honor yourself and what you're worth and know that you deserve to feel good. You deserve to grow. You deserve to see yourself as fucking incredible. You deserve to see yourself as fucking incredible. And whatever the season is asking of you, I know that it is creating a path for you to be able to see yourself as amazing and strong and to bust through your own opinions about yourself, your own your own ideas of limitations about yourself, your own excuses about yourself. It's asking you to become more whole. And you don't need anyone else's permission. You just get to do that. So friends, honoring your season is an incredible way to create beautifully. And I hope that you've maybe seen not only the season that you're in, but even maybe some past seasons where you've been able to honor it or where you've resisted honoring it and what might've come up if you were able to say, I accept this, I accept this, this challenge. I accept whatever this has for me. Um, so go do it. I mean, you're fucking awesome, right? You are. You absolutely fucking are. Embrace your season and become more whole, become more joyful, stronger, more creative, increase the ability to trust yourself. There's a lot here for you. So create beautifully by honoring your season. You guys rock. Thank you so much again for listening to this episode. If this season is giving you capacity to leave a review, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. And I will give you a shout out on the podcast for leaving a review. Also, you are always welcome to send me a message on Instagram at Liza Hippler. And again, friends, thank you so much for being here. Go forth.